guys i'm matt i'm jake and i'm alan we didn't discuss the order if i don't start so yes i just went second presumptuously hello i am not surprised hi people (laughs) rude (laughs) uh yeah this is an evening recording and uh i'm one beer in and working on a second so uh it's gonna be a fun day (laughs) like like normal (laughs) oh Uh, this month we're doing the second of our three ongoing universes. Uh, this one's the one that I'm captaining, I guess? Spearheading? Spearheading. Spearheading's a good word. Um, this is gonna be Pulp Hero Adventures. What did I give y'all last time? Uh, you said Pulp Heroes in Space. In space! In space! Yeah, okay, so we're gonna, I'm gonna narrow in on that a little bit for us here. Um, what, what that means is that this is gonna be, like, classic, like, 1940s, 1950s pulp action. Like, that whole aesthetic, but in space. Okay. Okay? So, we're talking, like, Flash Gordon rocket ships. Hell yeah. Totally chrome, yeah. right? Chrome, 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 chrome. Oh yeah, so much chrome. So much chrome. some busted okay. up chrome. Lots of like red chrome. Foil. I'm sure there's probably oil. We're not. I, mean, I said foil or, with an oh, F. Foil. Oh, I definitely also just heard oil. No, because it's foil and oil. Uh, don't even. Start because with I'm me, a monster. <laughs> don't. Apparently, don't even start with me. <laughs> But foil, yes. Like, like if in the in the costume department, there's just heaps on heaps on heaps of aluminum foil. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so the other half of this equation is what the medium's going to be, and I'm pretty excited about this. We're All right, doing lay it, lay it on us. We're doing a Netflix series that's going to be like the Expanse kind of deal, like where there's a whole bunch of interweaving narratives. Okay. okay, so like a, I'm not familiar with the Expanse, a, a Game of Thrones esque. Here's 500 storylines that coalesce in very various ways, kind of thing. Maybe not Game of Thrones complicated, but yes, like super serialized. Okay, uh, every episode matters, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Um, now what we've done is we're gonna do this the same way we did last month, kind of where we're just talking about characters mostly. Um, mm-hmm. some settings will come up like it did last month that just kind of happens, but a little bit different is I've picked out three groups. So there's, there's three sets of characters that are kind of interrelated to each other that we're going to talk about, uh, as kind of okay. my picks. Uh, you guys have a list. So if I don't cover something that y'all want to include, we'll talk about that, uh, after we get through my three. So the first one that we're going to talk about, um, if y'all look at Cinnamon Chip. Okay. Hold on one second. Let me find. I was definitely going to be clicking on Cinnamon Chip at some point. This just I, hastened I, uh, that. I, I misread her entry when I first read her thing. It says, hailing from Montana, Chip is the daughter of the late old Sandy Barrett, a member of Hayden's Exploration Expedition. Which, listen, Hayden's Exploration Expedition, that's a baller name. Yep, and that could be a great sci-fi name. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. That exists. And I misread it and thought that like, I don't know what my brain did, but it was like, Oh, so cinnamon chip was part of this before she went and became like an Annie Oakley type. Right. So, uh, what I did was I also found uh, Denver doll and hurricane Nell, which are three okay. more, like basically the same person as cinnamon chip. Like, Cinnamon Chip uses two revolvers, Denver Doll uses one and is more of a detective, and Hurricane Nell is, like, rifles? Okay. Okay. I don't see Hurricane Nell on this list. Or Denver Doll. Uh, They are, they, I had to go through some levels to find, to find Ah. them, I had to go through a creator to find them. Okay. Uh, Because, uh. I was so, trying to find all the rest of Hayden's exploration expedition. Okay, uh, I found I see. these two, these three. So uh, these are gonna be like an all lady, like not quite bandit group, but kind of bandit group, like crew of the fire, uh, crew of the serenity, kind of bandit group. Okay, I can deal with it. Yeah. So like an all lady group that kind of roams around and uh, probably based in some like backwater saloon on an asteroid somewhere. All right. Yeah. I mean, so kind of a chaotic neutral type group. Yeah. And like, we'll probably have to work on these. Like, but I like the fact, the idea that one's like a young, like hotshot spitfire uses two revolvers. And like one of them is a detective that's more, you know, logical thinking and then one's right. just like a, a bitter old lady with a rifle who's mad that her husband got murdered by got, aliens you, probably now got your logos ethos and pathos yeah. I think <laughs> you got everybody covered yeah it's a good little group that could you know crop up a whole lot have probably one of the main storylines probably floats around them okay the other group i think is maybe the weirdest to include here now you'll see uh, there; these three guys for sure are on there on the list. Y'all have it's a uh, Bar L, Greg Zor, and Caragon, Tyrant of Mars. Okay, I just saw okay. uh, Greg. Greg Zor is my favorite name on this list. Yeah, and he's straight up. A Hi, Martian. I'm I'm Greg Zor, a Martian from Mars, from yeah. Glute Proctol. You know. Yeah. One of his buddies is named Bar L. Like that's a proper Martian name, if a little bit stolen from Krypton, but uh, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, like the uh, pictures, even the same. Like they are, like the their pictures are from the same panel. Panel, yeah. like they're just cropped, and then just one of them is Bar L, and the other one is Greg Zor. And Bar L, it's the back of his head. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the same dude. Uh, which I don't know. Maybe they are. We'll get there. So these guys <laughs> are. Uh, members of the copper-skinned Rins, a peaceful people descended from the aboriginal Martians and the first terrestrials from Earth to settle on Mars. Now look, we all know that that's problematic. Yes, I was going to say, Matt, uh, defend yourself. (laughs) Because the 1940s were very bad about representation. Yeah, well, that's that's the trick about this podcast, is that everything public domain is old, and everything old is very racist. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have to fix this. Uh, sure. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how. Uh, I kind of want... Like, Mars is cool. I don't know if we're going to keep this as, like, our solar system or not. Like, 
that's a conversation I, for I, later. Yeah. I think it would be cool to step outside of our solar system. Yeah, same. Like to All create right. our own. Because the other thing is, um, especially, and I, I, I wonder if Jake is having a very similar thought as me. Um, some of this feels like it's almost getting close to um, some thrilling adventure hour type stuff, which is not a bad thing. And in fact, you know, I think that's a wonderful point of inspiration. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. I love the vibe of, you know, we have these, these Western girls in space and we have, you know, Martians doing their own thing. And I think that's really interesting that that has a lot of capacity. Yeah. Can I tell you guys my thought on how I want, I know we're not talking about like world stuff and story stuff today, but can I tell you my thought about how I want this world to like what I want to think about while we are uh, populating and building this this story universe. Yeah. Pulp Mass Effect. Oh yeah. Oh, that's very that could good. be that could be yeah. amazing. Like like that that amount like we're not on Earth, but there are planets. There's like a whole bunch of stuff, but it's it's galaxy spanning, but pulp and everything is like connected in in a myriad of ways, but like still filtered through that like pulp filter i like that a lot and that's gonna help out with the third group that i'm gonna talk about here in a second um, okay because i talked actually... about my my one guy that i have that i wanted to, <laughs> that i want to add so i'm glad no yeah, you great. haven't talked about mine either because that actually gives me a place to plug this third group in at um but i want to finish up with the with the greg zorbaro guys like i want to use them as some alien group or yeah. like if we're going to do this properly pulp, there's kind of that feel that every single one of these aliens is actually just kind of human, but different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, like the, the flash Gordon, like this one has wings and these ones are blue, but they're all, they're all the same. These yeah. ones have yeah. stocks on their heads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, we all, we, with the Greg Zor Barrel, uh, Greg Zor has a, uh, equally problematic Joan Vale, who is his terrestrial lover, who looks like just your basic blonde-haired damsel. Uh, she, her picture makes her look like, because I clicked on her earlier because I was just looking for girl names because I was like, we got we to gotta make sure we're, you know, yeah, we got we some parody here. Up in. Um, but uh, yeah, she she looks like full of piss and vinegar from her picture. Like, look at that. Yeah, you she know? looks like she's, she's ready got to a go. bunch of dude. Yeah. Uh, but the other person that's kind of included in that set is Caragon. Tyrant of Mars, who is their villain, who's like a, I don't know, some sort of science, mad like, scientist type who becomes a dictator. Like a tyrant? His ears are creepily large. Are they... Okay, it looked like he had one big tell. bat ear and the other one was like a regular ear, but yeah, it's just, they're just large it's old just, man it's ears. Just weird. I kind of like if he has bat ears. That's a good detail. That'd be cool. Uh, he yeah. also has something called the Tarragon Storm Guards, which are. That's a just, good ass. That's a good name. Just the yeah. best name. Um, so that's kind of like the, the what I was calling in my head, the Martian set. So that's an alien planet somewhere, like okay. an inciting incident planet or something. Um, the other group that I have that, Jake, you kind of helped plug in here Um we're going to start with Man in Black, the boys of New York. Okay. Oh, shit. That sounds rad. Uh, I don't... I'll, oh, yep. There they are. Okay. Found them. So right it's, behind the webcam. 
it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a group of guys who dress like the classic man in black, the long black coat, the fedora, like they're yeah. described as kind of like this alien look, which is great. Mm-hmm. Are they, are they going to be, because they're a secret society of similarly clad men. Uh, but this man in black is a, uh, uh, he has denounced his, uh, he was basically exiled for, uh, he was, he was scapegoated. Yeah. Um, so they, so they are not. Are they going to be like, like I, street level, or are they going to be like pulling the strings level? Well, see, here's the thing. I want them to basically be the specters. Okay. okay. Because there's a few other people that I think will fit in with them. Um, there's a guy named Judex. Okay. Who, who like. He came from a public domain film, like a pulp film, but he's dressed the exact same way. Oh, and the yeah, fact he looks... that he has the name called <laughs> Judex, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Although we can't be stealing the the X style from uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> that's only one group, and you can't talk about it anymore because spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's also Operator 5, who is okay, kind of the same that's, guy. That's same also an amazing boy. name. Operator number five is my boy that I want to talk about. I have a different idea for operator number five. Oh, totally but, cool. Uh, then yeah. the last one that I wanted to include with that set, like with the man in black and the Judex, is uh, Captain Zero. Ooh, that's another good name. I think that was one that I was looking at. And we can do something else with him, uh, too. Like, No, but I kind of want I think these that's guys neat. to be like the government. Like, they're the government agency, more or less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on board with that. There's um, whether or not there is an the actual like galactic government or not, I want these guys to be in that realm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cap- yeah, Captain Zero looks rad. This all looks very good. Okay, I love um, that at the stroke of midnight he turns invisible. <laughs> random and wonderful. What yeah. a very specific 1930s power yeah. that yep. he has. Except his eyes. His eyes don't. Turn his invisible. eyes, and that's creepy because that's some floating eyeball crap, and that's, that's- just. Also that's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I, that's, that's just I uncomfortable. Mean, like, I wonder how much of his eyes actually go invisible. Like, is it just what you would see, or is it the whole ball, or like the nerves, or that can get weird and delicious, and I love it. So you have not touched the one that I am looking at. Well, I want okay, I want to you... talk about why I chose these three groups first, and then we can okay. branch out. Um, because what I saw this as was like. With the Martian set, it was, that's what's happening on a planet. Like, maybe right. a major planet that's, like, the main focus of the show or whatever. And then there was the, um, like, Cinnamon Chip and that little, like, gang of awesome ladies is, like, the pirates. Like, the edge. People out on the edge of existence. Very mm-hmm. much like Firefly Serenity stuff. Um, right. Which I don't, like, we might, we'd have to move away from a lot of those themes, but like some of the details of the themes, but that theme is so good. Like people living on the ragged edge is yeah. too good to not have in pulp. And then over kind of overarching it is this like shadowy government thing. That was kind of the three groups that I was trying to build out there because that's where a lot of good tension happens. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. I, my only concern about the shadowy government is how how in depth can we get with them? You know what I mean. Like, 
they they have to maintain mystery, but they're characters on the show. So like, how do how do we balance those? I actually have an idea for that. Okay. Um, and it's going to borrow a little bit from Gravity Falls, um, the time agency. So in the first few episodes, it's hinted at, and there are overt references that you don't catch because you don't know what to look for. But then towards the end, you say, oh, well, remember this and remember that and remember this? That was us. And you can do a series of flashback episodes of what they were doing and why they were manipulating what they were manipulating. So, but then we can't show them too much. You know I, what I mean? I like this idea. Um, oh, man. Well, I mean, if we're including Captain Zero, I, now this is, again, just my automatic assumption. I'd assumed that they were literally invisible. Well, I, I think we have kind of like two different operatives here. Like we have the man in black part of it that's like the specters. And then oh, we have like the Captain okay. Zero that's some other kind of agent in that organization. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. Judex and the men in black are like in the same branch. What if, what if we, we keep the same, we keep the, we keep the men in black and we keep captain zero and Judex and you know, the men in black and, and Judex are kind of their own yeah. thing. But what if we have that be a literal background story? Oh, like, so oh that'd be addressed. cool. It's never addressed. We never learn their names, but there are there are bare minimum two men dressed in black doing things all over the place that you have to keep an eye out for and like pick apart. And then we have a like a the government and Captain Zero can be part of that and Operator Five because I want to talk about Operator Number Five uh, can be talk can be part of that. And so it's like there is a a a galactic government thing. But there's also this second secret government doing weird shit in the background. Okay, I like that a lot. So we want to jump in and uh, kind of open this up to you guys now a little bit. Okay. I have one to propose. Okay. Shoot. Jan of the Jungle. Oh, no. Uh, I looked at Jan of the Jungle for a second. There is, like, nothing on her, yeah. but... Oh, oh, you mean him. Jan is a boy. <laughs> oh, he is. Here's he here's is. his whole story. Jan is a white boy who survived in the jungle. That's it. That's everything on Jan. That's everything on Jan. Well, maybe it's Jan. Jan of the jungle. It's maybe probably Jan. That doesn't mean we can't make a Jan of the jungle. Yeah, and I think it would go especially well with the first group with the um the ladies Hayden's expedition. Okay. Like maybe they're doing something on a planet and they run into this um, Jan of the Jungle. Like they're on some kind of jungly alien planet and this woman knows how to survive. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could, I could be down with that. Um, okay, so I have... I have one that I want to talk about. I want to talk about Operator Number 5, but I want to talk about him in a second because I just found out about Diamond Dick... Uh, so oh boy. not to oh, be confused with him Deadwood Dick, Deadwood Dick, yeah, Deadwood and Diamond Dick, the Dick Brothers. Um, uh, yes, please. Uh, can I don't I don't have anything for him, but like I just want Diamond Dick to be a a cool character on a TV show. 
Okay, look, l- listen to this first sentence. Diamond Dick was a staunch defender of the week who wore a yes. brilliant diamond-studded costume. Yes, yes, yes. He was physically yes. strong, coolly confident, chivalrous to a fault, a superb horseman, and a nearly unbeatable gunslinger. Hell yes, Diamond Dick, Diamond Dick, Diamond okay. Dick. <laughs> this is the kind of character that, because it sounds like the story we're telling kind of happens on the outer fringes. It's kind of the dark places or not necessarily things that you would see in the spotlight. I think it would be kind of cool if Diamond Dick kept cropping up, but having just left or having like something happened that may have been instigated or fixed by him, but he never actually appears. I can't in good conscience not let Diamond Dick be on the show. Maybe in a, <laughs> in, in a, a Cactoid Jim-esque That's role. That's what I meant, yeah. A, like, a, like he shows up fairly frequently to do cool things, but like he is kind of a deus ex machina because he's Diamond Dick. Well, here's what <laughs> he has I was the greatest thinking. name ever. Here's, here's what I was thinking about him. Uh, him and Deadwood Dick. Like, I want to pair them. They're like the, the original characters aren't They're related, two dicks in a pod. Yeah, I, I, I want them both in, but here's what I want them to be, guys. They're a traveling, like, circus act, the two of them. Like, trick-shooting the works, but they do this, like, crime-solving, like, secret agent thing. <laughs> okay. Kind of by accident, wherever they wind up. I like that, especially if Diamond Dick keeps getting into trouble because he is chivalrous to a fault. Yeah. And, dead, and his brother, Deadwood, is like... I can't keep up with this. You're you're gonna you're gonna be the death of me. Uh, so so what I was picturing was like for the first like season or maybe the first few episodes, what we see is like TV clips, like news clips of like dashing diamond dick solves it again. <sighs> like where he's elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I I can be down with that, and then we'll finally get to see him in in season two probably. Yeah. I also like that if he um, if he's a circus performer, it explains his costume, that he's covered in diamonds and his brother, Deadwood, is much more muted, much more, you know, toned down in his costume. Yeah. And his costume has like, like, Deadwood has like the mask and everything. It's He's yeah. like not Zorro. He looks like not Zorro. Yeah, he's not Zorro. <laughs> Legally distinct um, Zorro. from <laughs> Zorro. Zoro is on this list, but I don't think we're going to be touching Zoro for a little while. No. Um, so, real quick though, we're te- we're we're doing a lot of fringes stuff. We need to we need to get some like city stuff too. I think we need like political intrigue at the galactic capital. Yeah, kind of thing. Because uh, it's all got to connect somewhere. I think that's a good place for it. Is that where Captain Zero comes in? Is uh, yeah, that's probably. I would guess he shows up there. Okay, so Alan, you got another character then? Maybe. Um, so I am looking at X, the Phantom Fed. Didn't we talk about X, the Phantom Fed in the last one, or was that? A different there, character there a, with a similar name. I think it was a different character with a similar name. This guy's yeah. ability is the man with a million faces. He's a disguise artist. Okay. Ooh. So what I'm thinking is, because um, his whole thing is um, the Phantom of the FBI fight single-handedly against sinister lords of crime. Um, 
Although I do love the sentence, not even his few inmate intimates have seen his real face and no one has penetrated his disguises that can fool anyone except Diff. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I okay. I love that we can have this character that we can cast every single like different, but yep. within the same episode as like a hundred different people. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we got Sarah Michelle Geller. Who should she play? Uh, let's have her just do one real quick turn as X the Phantom Fed, and then we'll figure out somewhere else for her to be. Yep. Now this guy, I think, probably is our our tie, like our direct tie back to like city and mm-hmm. political intrigue. Yeah. Because he's always going to be around, like, he's going to be our special guest character every episode. It's like, nah, it really is me. Uh, yeah, I, I I, want there to be, as long as we can keep it up, I want us to never reveal that all of these characters were the same person. And then at some point be like, that was me. That was me too. That was me. And also those three people were me. And yes, they did interact. That was a trick with a mirror, but they were all me. They were all me. <laughs> um, holograms and, think- and pre-recorded segments. I think what would be interesting is if we moved maybe the Martian stuff into more of a limelight, Um, you know, obviously maybe not be Mars, but have that be the politically type thing. Well, and we can even use the story that's kind of intrinsic to those characters that we have, where it's the dictator versus the freedom fighters. Right. Yeah. One side is supported by the capital and one side supported by the mystery group. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The hashtag I'm, I'm totally down with that. Um, my next guy up is operator number five, and I feel like operator number five. I don't want to just like slot him into like the like like default airsats main character, but I feel like this dude can be everywhere. Okay. Um, like like he is one that can be. First of all, like all pulp heroes, he is an expert in seven different. Uh, <sighs> Like things, he's he's a master of disguise, radio operator, chemist, and weaponry expert. Uh, so that's cool. Um, got a lot going on there. He's been to Atlantis. Uh, oh, examples of hold on, examples of foes fought by Operator Number Five include the Thirteenth Darkness, the Atlantis, a flying fortress, the Yellow Scourge. Nope, not doing that one. Zava and the Black Menace. Also, probably not doing that one. Nope. But uh, there are a couple there that we need to pull in. The 13th Darkness sounds rad as hell. I'm going to cover that in a second. Okay, so what I I think we can do is have him be working for the government, but also working for the shadow government. Is he like the, the double agent almost? Yes, and and I want him to be a heroic character who does heroic things. And I also want you to never know which side he's really on for like five seasons. So here's my question. Now that we're starting to develop this a little bit more, do we want, and I I feel like this ties right into what you were talking about, Jake. Do we want to establish a good side and a bad side or is it all just morally gray? Well, I, I think, um, I think it'll be a lot of shades of gray, but like, uh, Clorox the tyrant or whatever his name is is clearly a bad guy, right? Because he's a tyrant. Well, you know, the reason I ask is because pulp to me is almost defined by the stark contrast between what is good and what is evil, and part yeah. of me wants to keep that. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I think, I think here's, here's the problem with that, or maybe not the problem. Here's, here's what I would say to that is, on the broad side of it, with this government that we don't see and these shadow guys that we don't see, which I want to pitch something to y'all about them and the Thirteenth Darkness here in a minute. Uh, okay. So don't let me get off that one. But those guys are so far removed from the actual action happening. Uh, on whatever planet we give this Caragon and Greg Zor and all those guys. Yeah, and your buddy Greg. Yeah, mm-hmm. and my buddy Greg. My buddy Fucking Greg. Uh, I love that name. That name is so good now. Um, <laughs> that all that stark contrast between good and evil happens on the planet. But when you pull out further from that, everything starts to muddle away. So the actual show will be dealing so much with those guys on the planet in what's happening... That we get that stark contrast. Yeah. Have you guys seen the show Continuum? No. I saw part of it. Um, It's really good. Uh, I I only watched the first season, um, but it was really good. The thing I liked about it is, so it's about this woman who comes back in time uh, from the future where corporations bailed out America. And so like America, Canada, and Mexico are just one big corporate uh, city, like country state thing. Um, so the, everything's ruled by the corporations. She gets sent back in time to stop resistance fighters who went back in time to destroy the corporations before they, you know, become these evil overlords. So she is the hero, but she's working for the bad guys against freedom fighters who are also bad guys. Yeah. So like it's, it's the shades of gray are there, but there is also clear lines of distinction. Mm hmm. Um, so I think we can play because the problem with doing a like this is good and this is bad is that it's the year 2018 and um, we're over that you know like we've we've gone to a lot of different places yeah. in the last you that know, is also very fair. years. Um, so like I like and I especially like the idea of like the farther away you get the more it blurs because that and that was kind of Firefly's whole deal you know mm. is that like yeah. on the raggedy edge it's a little things are a little different a little harder to see at first out here. Um, but I, I think like the idea that having operator number five be our lead really lets us help with that because he'll get orders from both like the government and the shadow government thing. Yeah. And sometimes it could be the same order, like help out these guys, like go help out Greg, go help your your buddy Greg. And sometimes it might be like, Hey, Greg can't do that. Yeah. You got to make sure Greg doesn't, but like with the shadow government stuff, like Again, we cannot show it. So, like, there's got to be some things where he just has an order that we that he never got. Like, so you you were at 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 first blush, you go, okay, that's part of his orders that he got from his boss. But then you like look back at it and go, like, nope, that wasn't like what's going on here. And so that way, like later on when we finally reveal the shadow government, it's like, oh shit, our hero is playing both sides. Like, what do we do? Is right. he a double agent? Is he is he working both teams? Like. How do we do that? But Let he me, can like bounce back and forth from everywhere because he is like James Bond, but pulp and in space. Let me uh, let me let me talk about let me talk about our boys, the man, the men in black shadow government guys. Uh, so Operator Five works has fought against this thing called the Thirteenth Darkness, and I saw a character on that list called the Lord of Death. Yeah, I saw the Lord of Death. I want okay. you to go look the- at the Lord of Death because this dude, like. I think I think this couple it with that thirteenth darkness vagueness. I think this is going to give us something that the shadow government is working against. Like this solidified is, what this silent background battle is. Is it the big gorilla? 
I'm not yes, sure. I think so. Is um, the big gorilla the Lord of Death? I think As maybe. described in the original story, all-powerful Strokor, the iron-voiced dictator of Mercury when the Earth was young, wanted Ave, the girl who was different to be his wife and mother of a new race, Adam, the dreamer who looked like Av, fears Strokor not. That was his fatal mistake. But even better was, these four scientists, aided by reverse magnetism, not a thing, travel to a dead planet where they discover that Stroker's lust for power destroyed all life there. Look, I, I do need to interject here because, you know, as a longtime consumer of X-Men media, if I have not picked up anything else, it's that magnetism is magic. Magnetism, sure, but what on earth is reverse magnetism that's this not is, a thing? This is uh, reverse magic. magnetism. I mean, it's, it's just it's reverse magic. It's backwards magic. Yeah, okay. obviously. It's like double Bell invisible. Zatanna. <laughs> How dare you, Alan? How what? dare you sully this podcast with that? I won't I, I won't hear it. I, I won't even acknowledge that you said anything. So, uh, do, do y'all kind of see what I'm trying to put together? Is that there's yeah, absolutely. Darkness helmed by this Lord of Death is the opposition force to the shadowy agent dudes. I kind of do want to keep it to be a monkey, though. I'm fine. I don't, I don't know why, I mean, but that I'm, makes me happy. I'm cool with it being a weird monkey with, like, a, a flexing Power emoji on his chest. Yeah, like, like he has a crazy <laughs> thing on his chest. It's kind of great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. Also, if we can flip back to X the Phantom Fed, the only person who he cannot fool is Death. Is Death. Is it exactly. Lord Death? Yeah. It could be Lord of Death. Why not? Hell yeah. Oh, I just closed the list. Shit. Oh, well. <laughs> it, that's fine. I, uh, okay, so, yes. Uh, and, should, okay, and I here's like what the you thing. said about keeping that all in the background. Like, yeah. we don't ever have to talk about it until, like, at some point when the Lord of Death actually shows up. Yeah, if I can, if I can uh, talk about black sales for one second, oh, God. I won't spoil. I won't spoil anything because uh, it's literally the greatest reveal in all of television history. Um, so I, I won't. But there is a thing that happens in season two that gives context to not only Captain Flint, why he does what he does, how he got here. Um, it, it's there's like flashbacks in season two, and so you you find out a lot about him, and you find out like why he changed and also it's it contextualizes what the show is like what the point of the show is like the plot and the idea it literally brings every single facet of the entire show to date together um i don't know if we can accomplish that (laughs) but that's kind of what i want the shadow government to be and, like, the 13th darkness can be something we find out about before we find out about the shadow government. And I don't know if I want them to be on the 13th darkness's side or not. Oh, oh, so you don't know if you want them to be the opposition, like, fighting some sort of shadow war against Lord of Death. Yeah. You think they I might want, I want be the... the 13th darkness. Yeah, I want, maybe, yeah, like, like there was previously a 12th darkness, and that's what caused the Jake. death of the planet, and then they are the 13th trying to cause the death of... Okay, but Jake, let's... Then. Are these our Reapers? I think a little bit. Yeah, I think a little bit. I think a little bit. Especially if you, say, were, if you remember the description of the man in black, like, they were described as having, like, sunken alien faces and clanked, like, metallic things when they walked. Yeah, like there's something else. They I were just like, I was just gonna make an awful rabbits joke, but go ahead. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad we literally, that. 
literally nobody would get it but me. I don't even think Matt got all the way through it. <laughs> Uh, I stopped after the first season. It was just like, not for me. Oh, it was on a top things. 10 list. And I was like, Jesus, why? A top 10 uh, podcasts about time travel. <laughs> sort of. Kind of. Rabbits is a clusterfuck that I definitely love. But I also understand that it is just cold boogers on a paper plate as far as storytelling goes. I am but anyways, waiting for a day when I'm just laid up in bed sick, and then I'm going to listen to all of the last season of Black Tapes, because I can't Oh my god, hey, hey, Matt, can I please spoil the very, very end of Black Tapes? Is it that nothing matters and nothing happens? Um, half of that, oh it just god. stops. Just the stop. show just ends. The show just ends. Uh, it literally ends in a, like, a, uh, 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 we could do this or that, like, and then they don't show you or tell you what happens. <laughs> the show's over. And then the show is just fucking over. And, and it means nothing. And it's not even, like, a good version of that. Like, the, uh, what was that? Oh, God, what was that show? Was it, like, The Signal or something? Um, g- give me anything about this show. So, it was about... A sound that was coming from space, and if you listened to it, you like it was like mimetic, but it would give you a virus, and you could like you would die. Oh, the the podcast. Um, yeah, I think it's no, like the signal. no, wrong one, wrong one. It green, green, green town, lime town, lime town, where literally the end of the podcast is scuffle, scuffle, scuffle. Sounds like somebody's dead. That's the end of the show. <laughs> like that's cool what black tapes did was not cool yeah uh no it literally matt it, looks so sad th- right now there's literally a like we could do this or instead we don't have to do that we could do this other thing boom black tapes over this is at the end of a six episode season where they had to re-explain every single thing that happened and retcon some stuff out because it made no sense even more than other things don't make any sense it's a bad you podcast know- both both Black Tapes and Tannis had this great idea that should have meant something and gone somewhere, and they neither got, of them did. They're too, too big for their britches. They got too much money. They got greedy, and this is what happens. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about that. Um, so... I yeah I think um, the the shadow government doing stuff in the background because like the regular government has got to have its you know its its good guys and bad guys its, yeah. its bureaucracy and all that kind of stuff and we can like explore stuff like on a galactic scale that I think could be really fun because that's like, one of the things I secretly liked about Mass Effect I really liked going around shooting people and using my biotic powers to throw people across the entire uh, landscape mm-hmm. but I also liked that like. There's a lot of weird political shit going on in, in the Citadel and stuff like that. So we can use that for that. But then also there's these secret ones that when we find out about them, we go, okay, are they good guys or bad guys? Because we have a lot of information saying both. So like now now we're in a whole new place, re the shadow government once it's revealed. I like that. I want to add one more ripple to this and – I think this might be the thing out of these two ongoings that we've had to do the most work with to make it palatable and not gross and horrible. Okay, uh, lay it on me. I'm ready and will. Brothers of the Crimson Cross. Okay, okay. Um, well, hold on. I haven't... Uh, I, I did close the thing, so I, I, I well, don't... I, um... here, I can I can explain it. They, can, they came from a specific... Oh, no. 
they're a group of they're a fictional group of white supremacists described as a um, gathering of sick, distorted minds. I don't think we need fantasy racism. I don't, <laughs> don't want to think... use them like what they actually are. I just want to use that name. Yeah, I feel like they could be radicals, but I don't necessarily I, think we need to. I don't like the inclusion of the iconography. Um, simply because to me that just screams, you know, it, it, it screams what it is because, you know, it's a crimson cross on a white shield, you know, the, the, I feel like it's almost too co-opted, but I like, you know, uh, the brothers of the crimson something, but I, I think if we just remove the cross piece, it'll be a little bit better. Well, what I was what if- shooting for was for a religious group, like a radicalized religious group. Yeah, I okay. I brothers of the is, crimson which is ring, troublesome in its own in its own right in its own right. But I think it, I think it needs to be alliterative. If okay, what if in if if they are the brothers of the crimson cross? Let me just just hear me out for this. It doesn't refer to an actual cross. It refers to a like. How can I explain this in a way that will leave my brain and everyone will understand? A like. A, there is a place in the universe that they think that like holds some crossroads. Sort of, it's like a nexus, but a it's called the Crimson Cross because they're like if you look at like space tele you know uh, photography, it's like they have to yeah. colorize it. But like there's like a big X somewhere in space that's red, and that's the Crimson Cross. So that's that's what it's referring to, not necessarily the thing the uh, that Jesus cross, yeah yeah <laughs> was was put up on. Uh, Still no, Alan. That Still a no for okay, me. Okay, here's here's the reason why I'm very hesitant on this. Like, and for listeners, uh, where I grew up um, was actually kind of the backyard of the KKK, um, and the Grand Dragon lived in where I went to school. Um, so there is a lot of really negative connotations there for me, um, and that's just my own personal biases. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like, I like that it's the Crimson Cross and it's a nexus and it's completely different. Um, All I would ask is if we keep that, then we'd be very, very, very deliberate with the iconography and how they are depicted. Um, You know, obviously in this picture, they're in white sheets. None of that. Um, But even like... Well, I I assume they're in red sheets, but the... Well, yes, but I would even avoid like tattoos because tattoos are such a big thing in the KKK. And like, I understand like borrowing these things, but for me, it hits a little too close to home. But again, that's just my own personalness. Right. I, I, with I, it. I get that. I mean, I also have a lot of tattoos, so I don't think they get to. Uh, <laughs> no, they don't. That, you know, they don't. Like, but like, what I uh, meant, I guess, was like tattoos that were specific to their order. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I think we can. I think there's something we can do to make it work um, and make it not be skeevy. But also, they are the bad guys. Like we're all clear on that they are the villains. Oh so, yeah. Like so, we don't need to be like precious about it. But like, like let's it, let's it, avoid some things that might be triggering. That's yeah. yeah that's but, fair. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. But we can still use it as a like you know that. Like what what fantasy and sci-fi stories do where like here's the sci-fi version of this bad thing that we can defeat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very true. Um so but I'm I'm cool with kind of like skirting around some stuff and and changing some stuff up so that it is not literally red KKK. Yeah. Like that's I wanted them for the name and I like I like having this idea that they're 
like all religious or fanatics of some sort who are tied to this cosmic occurrence out in space somewhere. I like that. A whole yeah. Lot. Uh, so yeah, that wraps up mine with the characters and in a year we'll come back and do some world building and talk about more about it. So, uh, Jake, what are we doing next time? Okay, I'm trying to think of a way to say this without spoiling the medium. Um, so I, I just won't because my my pitch is very medium spoilery. So this uh, next time we are going to be uh, playing in the realm of the Greek myths. We're going to be taking them and uh, kind of turning some, maybe not turning some stuff on their head, but also doing that. That's that's where we're going to be. That's my that's my uh, uh, story hook is the Greek myths. Fantastic. Well, uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, I I guess that's going to wrap us up for this month. Um, sorry this was late. Hopefully we're we're out of the holiday craziness. So we'll Yeah, we should be back on track month. next yeah. month. All right. Well, I've been Matt. I've been Jake. And I'm Alan. See y'all next month. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Hard Reboot. You can find us on Twitter at RebootCast or email us at hardreboot at fitzdraw.com. Alan's on Twitter at Alan underscore cells. Matt is at Matt Hoadley, and I am at JJ underscore Mason. Thanks for listening. Hard Reboot is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.